The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to the Central City Chronicle, the unofficial The Flash podcast, a poppychularadio.com and iTunes exclusive. Poppy Chula Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Wednesday, February 20th. Oh, for heaven's sakes, I forgot to type that in. Uh, okay, so today is the 8th. I'm picking it up from the beginning. Welcome to the Central City Chronicle, the unofficial The Flash podcast, a poppychularadio.com and iTunes exclusive. Poppy Chula Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Wednesday, February 8th, 2017, and I'm your host, Professor X. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of CW's The Flash. Please welcome my co-hosts, Brittany Garcia. Hey, everyone. Charles Michael Edwards. How's it going, everyone? Peter Velez. Hey, hey. And TC. Hey, everyone. Let's jump into our recap of Season 3, Episode 12, titled Untouchable, which aired February 7th. Here's the official synopsis. We open with Barry and Wally racing, training to build Wally's speed. Barry wins the race by using guile and experience, phasing through a building rather than running over it. So Wally's getting faster, but still has a few tricks to learn. Barry, Joe, and Julian check out a creepy corpse from a crime scene. Julian's persuaded to bend the rules by analyzing the body at Star Labs, but the decomposing body keeps decomposing until it's nothing but dust. Wally's trying to learn how to phase by repeatedly throwing himself at a wall, which works about as well as you'd expect. Julian and Barry find a fresh corpse, allowing them to not only identify the meta responsible, but for Julian to realize that meta must be someone he created as alchemy. That meta, who Barry realizes is targeting cops from the Flashpoint reality, shows up at CC Jeers to attack Joe. He's stopped by Wally, but we realize this guy is literally untouchable, as even bullets dissolve before hitting him. The meta then shows up at Iris and Barry's apartment. If he can't kill Joe, he'll kill his daughter. Wally shows up but is unable to stop the meta from touching Iris and starting the spread of decomposition. Caitlin unleashes her killer frost powers to keep the area frozen while the team works on a cure. Cisco vibes the Flashpoint world to figure out who might be the next target, and Joe goes off to warn former Officer Stone, currently a PI. They get on a train which is attacked by the meta who dissolves the beams holding up the track. Barry saves the train by phasing the whole thing, but the effort exhausts him, leaving him unable to rejoin the fight. Julian had theorized there was something in Barry and Wally's blood that would neutralize the meta's power, so Wally cuts his hand, then successfully phases through the guy, leaving a few drops of blood behind. Back at Star Labs, the team synthesizes an antidote for Iris, Caitlin manages to just keep Killer Frost under control, and then she reaches out to Julian to ask him for a drink. In the final scene, as Wally's practicing his newfound phasing powers, a portal opens up and Jesse Quick jumps through to tell them Grodd is loose on Earth 2 and he has her father, Harry. Before we get to our recap, let's check in on the ratings for this episode of The Flash. If you were watching, you weren't alone. The Flash drew 2.91 million viewers for a 1.1 share in the key demographic. That's down a tick from last week, but it's still pretty strong. So with that in mind, what was everyone's initial reaction to the episode? Charles, let's start with you. 
I really like this episode. Um, it, it's the first episode of The Flash in a long time that I thought was the total package. It had good laughs, good actions, some cries here and there. Um, I say the only thing I didn't care for it was Cisco in this episode, but that's more so on the writers than the actual character. TC, what do you think? I thought it was a great episode. I'll have to agree with Charles. Um, like high stakes. I love the villain. Um, yeah, all in all, it was it was pretty decent. Brittany, what do you think? Uh, I have to agree with everyone here. I thought this episode was well done. Definitely better than last episode, even though I liked it. Um, this didn't feel filler. This felt like legit a flash episode. And I again, I love. I'm loving Wally, and I and I I'm kind of scared of that because I feel like the more I love a character, the more they're gonna die. So that kind of scared <laughs> me. But like, I mean, the the villain of the week was just was so interesting i don't think i've ever had that aside from like gypsy last episode but this felt like a legit villain and i was actually wondering how the hell they were gonna defeat him and just the resolution was really great wally was great even this new side to barry not being like the flash but being like a mentor like it was just all good and finally we freaking told joe what's going on so that to me makes it like an a plus episode so awesome episode Okay, Peter, that's two positives and one A+. Uh, do you care to go against the tide? Are you willing to buck the trend, uh, or what did you think of the episode? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to buck the trend here. Uh, I thought that there was a lot of filler to this episode. It calls back to a lot of the stuff that I didn't really care for in the first half of the season. I agree with everybody. I really like the villain. I just wish we had more of him and more backstory as opposed to just being sort of a cool set of powers. Woohoo, some conflict. Let's get into it. Let's let's go at tooth and claw. Let's tear this new podcast apart. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm sort of I'm between them. I'm I'm not quite as positive as Brittany was. Um, you know, I like some elements of it. I certainly liked what they're doing with uh, with Wally. Uh, and I like uh, Barry in the mentor role. I was a little surprised by some of the things they did. Uh, there was some pretty good humor. Um, yeah, overall I I I, uh, I kind of liked it. Why you gotta um, fight me, Professor X? Well, oh, I'm not going to fight, fight you. It, it's obviously Peter who's who's drawn the line in the sand. It, oh, okay, then I'm fighting Peter. It's, okay, it's going to be all that I can do to keep you guys from going at each other. You know, uh, tooth and claw. I'm going to have to be the Julian, <laughs> talking you down. Ha! Uh, Come at me! Come <laughs> at me! Anybody want to play shit your bets? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I'll put it in for that. Speaking of placing bets, the episode starts with uh, Barry and Wally uh, racing each other. Uh, you know the uh, the great tradition of you know speedsters in the comics, uh, and you know this being the Flash, they of course have uh, the Flash team taking bets on it uh, to see uh, who will win, which I thought was a nice touch. Let's start with that race. Uh, what did you guys think first about the race, and secondly the way it ended? Um, Brittany, let's start with you. Oh, I thought it was fun. I mean. I honestly was wondering when we were going to get a race. I didn't know if it was going to be this soon, but I mean, considering how we ended last episode, we got to see where Wally's at. And the only way to test that is to is to race. And I, I totally thought it was a great ending. A little cheap on Barry's side, but hey, that's the point of the flash, right? I mean, it's like, yeah, you're fast, but also what are you going to do with your powers to, to outsmart your enemy or whoever you're up against? So great job on Barry. And... 
I just, again, I love their camaraderie there. I mean, Barry's not being, like, all bitchy, like, ah, I'm better than you. They're, they're trying to help each other, but at this point, Wally is still under him. He's still trying to learn. So it was just, it was fun, and the betting was just amazing. That, that is so Team Flash. And I really love that HR was sticking up for Wally. I mean, I think he was training him before, and I'm not surprised he bet the $100. And to be honest, to be honest, I was with HR. I was betting that Wally was going to beat him. So, yeah, maybe that's not a good thing to say right now when I'm fighting somebody and you guys are placing bets. But, yeah, so <laughs> it was just great, a great opener. Just really, really nice. A little break from them doing a mission, um, like how we've been starting every episode so far. Um, so now we got a little race. We got a little bit of laughing and fun, and it was just great. And, Peter, what are your thoughts on the race and how it resolved itself? Oh, I dug the race a lot. Uh, I love whenever they just let... Um the superpower people just sort of do their superpower thing, but then also like, oh yeah, we put a Fitbit on them, so now we can track them and ch do stuff. Uh, I thought the race was cool. I was also surprised that it got here this early in the season, but I guess that just sets the stakes for a much more dramatic race between two or more speedsters later on uh, in the season. But I like it. I, you know, Barry did the smart thing. You know, played smarter, not harder. I feel like I'm calling a football game right now. You know, he played smarter, not harder. He just went straight for it. He was hungry. He was hungrier than the new kid. Uh, <laughs> but I did, yeah. Love that H.R. Wells just Team Wallace all the way. Uh, they they brought it back in the previously on. Uh, but I love the faster than Barry dance that they do. Like that moment. I was just faster than Barry. Faster than Barry. Um, so I just love seeing the camaraderie between the two of them. Uh, it's great. And Charles, what did you think? Um, I really liked the race. Um, I think my favorite part of it, other than the Flash pulling out the wind at the last second, was how Joe decided to abstain from betting on either racer. Uh, I think he was the smartest person, other than the people who won the bets, as it played... Uh, as it played a bigger decision later on in the episode. But I liked how Barry was all, you have to be a little quicker than that if you want to win at the end with the phase dodge through the building. Uh, and TC? Um, I have to agree with everyone. I really like the race. I like the I, little callback from season one where the phasing was the, like probably was one of the most difficult things Barry had to kind of do, especially when they saw the reverse flash could do it. And here, Wally's having kind of the same trouble and so it, it, it ties in. I like that a lot. Uh, the betting part was a little, I don't know. I, it, it didn't really impress me all that much, I guess, because it was kind of predictable. But the race itself was pretty decent, yeah. Yeah, I, I quite liked it, too. And I like the fact that, you know, one thing that was brought out was the fact that Barry did win, not by cheating, but by being a little bit smarter. Uh, and making the point that, you know, it, it's not just about running fast. Because if you look back at the first season of Flash... Most of their challenges were, I'm facing a huge challenge. I run really fast. It's not quite enough. I can defeat it if just running a little faster. And that was, you know, just sort of the, the standard way in which they would test Barry. I think having him develop other abilities, whether it's, you know, channeling lightning or, as we saw Wally doing in here, you know, uh, spinning his arms, great vortexes and stuff like that. Uh, I think that was always a big part of the Flash's power. It's not just running fast. It's everything else you can do uh, with the fast running. One thing that was kind of interesting was that, so, uh, Barry wins by phasing through. Uh, and then we see, you know, uh, Wally trying to learn uh, how to phase and having difficulty doing so. 
Did you just think that was a matter of Wally's relative inexperience, or did you think there might be more to that? Maybe some sort of difference in the nature of their powers. TC, let's start with you. Uh, no, no. Like I said before, I think it was just a really, I mean, for you know him just starting out, just like Barry when he just started out, phasing was probably was the most difficult thing he could do. Like it took him quite a while to kind of get the hang of it. So it was you could totally understand how how much trouble Wally would have because it's you know I mean newbies always had a problem with the phasing so I like I liked how that tied in together and Brittany what do you think yeah I have to agree with TC I think uh I think for this show the way we're gonna get our heroes to learn a, a skill or an ability or anything like that same thing I would say with Cisco probably is when push comes to shove yeah they're gonna learn it so I knew when they were talking about phasing at the beginning of the episode that more than likely he was going to be able to do it, not master it, but be able to do it by the end of this episode. And I was like, oh, I finally predicted something right. Um, and it's just it's just the way our heroes work, right? When they're in the line of field, like they're gonna they're gonna have to find a way to do it. And and then Barry, you know, he he does the same thing when he phases the entire train. Um, and he's like, you know, I just did something that I didn't even know if it was going to work, but I had to do it. And I just, I like that. Sometimes, if you, even if you don't believe in yourself, but you're going to act in the moment because you have to. You have to save somebody. You have to save someone you love or people. You're going to find a way to do it. So I just thought, I think that's just a really big element in superhero shows. It's the campy, comic booky part of it. And it's believable to me. Uh, Charles, what did you think about Wally's difficulties? Did you think it was, you know, uh, maybe a limitation on his power, or was it just a wait for it phase he was going through? Oh, that that was beautiful. I, I, I I'm clapping for that pun. But no, I I really liked how they tackled it. I like how at the beginning it was more of a give it your best shot, and as it evolved through the rest of the episode, it was more of a you you don't just want to do this you have to do this because you don't have any other choice i like how when he finally achieved this new ability that it was even it was like a double achievement for him and barry with him finally becoming able and barry expanding upon the ability he's had for a while now and peter what were your thoughts i actually thought um, that they were, they might have thrown in a sort of speedster ability, like, shift. Uh, they do that sometimes in the comic books. Different speedsters have different versions of speed. Some people can make better speed copies. Some people can fly. Uh, so I was, I was thinking that that's maybe where they were going, um, with Wally's powers, that maybe he can do things Barry can't, but Barry can do things that he can't. Uh, I, it's, it's an avenue I hope that they take, um, Especially what we're getting a uh, Jesse Quick team up. I'm sure there'll be plenty of other team ups. Uh, it's something I would like to see from uh, the Flash. Yeah, I was kind of wondering whether they were leaning towards that, and I was wondering whether it maybe had to do with the idea that you know, um, you know, the, like the way in which uh, Wally Guy's powers was slightly different from the way in which Barry got his powers and everything. But uh, in the end, uh, they sort of went back to all speedsters can do all the same things as every other speedster. So. Uh, but as you say, they could hold out the possibility of, uh, of introducing, you know, specific abilities, which might, you know, lead to more interesting team ups in the I future gonna, than just. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, uh, sorry. I was going to say that maybe like phasing is like basic 101, like speedster stuff. But maybe like as you were saying later on, um, Wally's going to have like a signature move. Like maybe the lightning might be like Barry's thing. And then 
if Wally's gonna learn something like that, it might be different. You know, I don't know. I think maybe they should do that. If they don't do that, I'm gonna be actually kind of sad because how else can you tell apart, like, what tell apart from Wally and Barry? It'd be kind of sad. I'm trying to think right now if the Reverse Flash had anything different than Barry, aside from like experience. Yeah, but it's kind of like it's a good thing they don't do that now because um, Wally's still in the mentoring stage, and so how is oh, yeah. Barry gonna like mentor him if he's pulling out new tricks? You know how he's gonna do that? Oh yeah, no, I just meant like later on, like when he kind of already gets to like what Barry knows so far. Like I'm wondering if he's gonna have like his own little thing, but maybe it's just gonna be personalities. I don't know. I just thought that everyone got me excited for that. Now <laughs> I'm gonna be sad if it doesn't happen, but I'll be okay with it. Yeah, yeah, I like it when they do it in the comics and they do it in creative ways, you know? And it makes sense because, like, think about all the players in the NBA, right? They're all good at basketball, but they're good at different at basketball in different ways. Like, some guys are dunkers, some guys are three-point shooters. So, I don't know. I like I like varying it up. And let's get weird with the speed powers, you yeah. know? Even, even in Arrow, we have, like, what? We have Speedy, Arsenal, and Green Arrow, but, like, I feel like Arsenal's thing was, like, doing a lot of flips at random times like that. I know it's not a signature <laughs> move, but it's something he kept doing, and if we saw that in a random fight, we're like, oh, that's Arsenal, oh, that's Roy, like, you know that's him. So, I would like that for Wally, aside from him having, like, the yellow streak or something, so I hope they do that for him, and I think that'd be something really special for Wally, especially because I know he's not going to want to live in Barry's shadow, so that would be really nice if they give him something like that. We can only hope that the uh, writers of Flash are listening, as I'm sure they are every week. Uh, Brittany, you mentioned how happy you were they finally decided to tell Joe about Iris's uh, future fate. Um, I thought it was kind of interesting how they dealt with the whole, you know, last issue we were sort of dealing with the idea of, you know, uh, does Iris really believe that the future can be uh, unwritten? Or is she more of a fatalist? Whereas, you know, Barry is more uh, working on the assumption they can change the future. I thought we visited, you know, some elements of that sort of playing into the, you know, almost the immutability uh, notion of the future in this one. But the big reveal, of course, was telling Joe about that future. Brittany, you mentioned how uh, happy you were that they finally let him in on the secret. And rather surprisingly, uh, it was Iris who insisted on telling him when it was Iris who was saying before that you can't tell Joe and here's why. Uh, so what did you think about her decision and the decision to tell Joe about what happens? I thought it was actually like perfect timing. You know, I don't uh, that's probably like the worst choice of word because there's no perfect time to tell your father that you might die, you know, in a couple months, specifically May 23rd, 2017. But um I mean, it finally it broke her. I think it was getting to her. I think this was like the biggest secret that was just eating at her, probably eating at everyone else too, but I thought the whole scene was executed perfectly and even the reaction from Joe was spot on. And I think the best thing that I liked about it was that he tells Barry, you know, I know why they couldn't tell me, but you, you should have been, you should have been the one to tell me because you know how much Iris means to me. And I was like, damn, I'm all for people always getting mad at Barry, but I feel like Barry's already had, you know, his, his talks, his lectures all in the first half <laughs> of the season. I think Barry's learning, he's coping, he's be trying to become better. So when he was yelling at him, I was like, oh, Barry, but... It made a lot of sense considering Barry has ha, is like a son to him, and it was just it was so heartbreaking. But I I totally got it. I totally understood, and it was just so oh I I felt it. Everybody there like you were speechless. You didn't know what to say. But good on I to finally say something because 
any longer and I think we would have been annoyed with the secrets and it would have just it would have blown up even worse than this but overall just very good scene just props to everybody uh, Charles what did you think about Iris's decision and Joe's reaction I really have to agree with Brittany I, I love that it wasn't dragged out over a few more episodes but my favorite part was Joe's reaction I liked how he got into Barry about how out of everyone on Team Flash, he was the one who kept his mouth shut. Um, as far as uh, how Iris finally broke down, I think that we kind of got hinted at it when she started thinking about her mother dying and how she passed with nothing to leave behind. I think this was really, I think that really set the pace on how soon Joe was going to find out. And, and I think they capitalized on it very well. DC, what'd you think? Um, I agree. I have to give it up to Jesse L. Martin. He's like amazing. I mean, the little subtle expressions, like he didn't blow up out of anger, screaming and yelling. It was just heartbreaking to see it, just like the shock of it. Um, and you know, him coming down on Barry, you know what though? He, I mean, he was speaking a lot of that out of anger. That was just like an instinctive move right there. But I think he cleared it up when he talked to Barry again and he's like, you know what? I'm glad you're with my daughter because you put her before everyone else. And I agreed with them. I mean, yeah, sure. He should have told Joe, but he respected Iris, Iris enough to, uh, you know, tell her, tell her in, in her own time when she felt ready. And so I thought, you know, that was being a little bit harsh on Barry and, you know, Joe kind of realized that, I guess when he was, when he kind of accepted the idea. And Peter, what did you think about Iris deciding to tell Joe the truth and his reaction? Uh, I agree with everybody else. I thought it was a great scene, um, especially the yeah calling calling everybody else out that you know they didn't grow up in the house, but Barry did, so he knows what this means to him. Um, yep, yeah, great acted scene. Uh, I did love though the very sincere moment uh, at the end where they're just all just like that's it no more no more secrets we're honest with each other which i feel carries the trend of the uh second half of this season although uh, a timer did start going off in my head i was like oh there's gonna be a big secret in like three weeks isn't there um so it got me excited uh both to see the group come together and also just sort of think was like oh there's gonna have to be a secret that's what the, that's what superheroes do yeah, I'm kind of with you on that one. As soon as I heard that, it was like, you know, a, a Chekhov's gun situation. Someone's saying, no more secrets. We've all got to be open with each other. Yeah, I, I think you're about right. It sounds like, you know, uh, we're aiming for about, you know, two, three episodes from now. Something's going to happen, whether it's, you know, Caitlin's Killer Frost or Julian with alchemy or someone discovering something. But yeah. Well, isn't uh, that part of the prophecy that somebody was going to betray the team? So there's your secret right there. Like. Uh that damn prophecy you know i thought we had gotten rid of it because it why nothing has happened <laughs> it's like it hasn't the been end. previously on so i was just like oh maybe the writers just didn't want to put there so you forget about it <laughs> yeah. no, and today, we don't know it or it episode, could be the same person does all three elements it's true um so we did get, you know, something that was mentioned, um, you know, was that this was a good episode in terms of, you know, managing, even though there was, you know, some pretty serious stuff and, you know, a pretty, frankly, terrifying uh, meta they were up against. There were some good moments of humor and some of the best of that was uh, in the coffee shop uh, as Joe's girlfriend and her daughter were debating who's the bigger hero, uh, Flash or Kid Flash. 
Uh, there are plenty of knowing winks and funny moments uh, from the various characters, you know, all based on, you know, half the table knows something that the other half doesn't. Uh, was there anything about that scene that uh, you guys particularly liked, TC? Um, yeah, there was, actually. <laughs> uh, you know, I think we had talked about it previously where there was going to perhaps be like a little bit of a rivalry between uh Wally and, and Barry and this kind of played out but it wasn't that it wasn't like a harsh rivalry it was kind of like you know playful and uh it was funny the position that Joe was in because he couldn't really say anything <laughs> he like which side uh which, which side is better who do you pick and Joe's kind of like uh awkward uh, I don't know <laughs> so that was funny um you know him with his girl and, and her daughter there um I enjoyed it there was some funny moments uh, Peter what did you think of the scene uh, I liked it. I dug it. It was cool. Um, I like that Kid Flash apparently keeps leaving those lightning bolts on the sides of buildings. That's good job. I, I 100% agree on Team Flash, uh, Kid Flash on that one. That's pretty cool. I would probably do that if I had speedster powers. And two, I think it's weird that there's like sort of this uh, small contingent of people that don't seem to like like Kid Flash for some reason in Central City. Uh, we had the cop a couple episodes ago, and then the DA, we were just like, yeah, Kid Flash, screw that guy. It's like, what? He's the Flash, but again, how are you hating? Haters gonna hate, 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 if I may. Uh, Charles, do you want to uh, do a little uh, hating on Kid Flash or the scene? Uh, nah, I was actually pretty proud of Kid Flash in that scene, even when, uh, when the villains showed up to disturb their meal. But I think my favorite part of the Kid Flash versus Flash argument was how Iris seemed to look to instigate between the two. I know, yeah, it, it was one of those things where, you know, you're, you're walking the fine line, but clearly it's, it's the situation of, I know something that these people don't know, all these people know it, so I'm going to totally uh, be playing with it. Uh, Brittany, what did you think of the scene? Oh, it was just pure comedy gold. Like, I mean... Just everybody getting together, talking about something they shouldn't or something that they know about. And I I like that Cecile's daughter was totally into uh, um, Wally because he's Kid Flash. But then I was like, oh, God, no. Here's a, a soap opera trope here where the parents are dating and now the, uh, the children might like each other. <laughs> Their kids might like each other. And it's just a little weird. Um Although I'm team, you know, Jesse Quick with uh, with Kid Flash, but she seems to be gone all the time until the end of this episode, you know, spoiler alert. Um, but just it was just so much fun seeing everyone interact. And again, it brought back to um, the beginning of the episode where <laughs> Joe didn't want to place bets on Flash or, or um, Kid Flash. And then here it was like, oh, I can't choose between them again. Um, I wouldn't have taken offense if he would have said Barry, but I know that he's kind of not allowed to do that i think wally's still a little sensitive about that um i think wally got kind of a little like dad really you're not gonna choose me and he's like you know what go get me some milk boy <laughs> like just go away <laughs> it was just really cute really funny scene just something we like in the flash and of course it's interrupted by trouble but just really just really awesome and i like too that they had the daughter be really supportive of her mom and joe dating I hope I was hoping they wouldn't go that trope where the the you know the child doesn't like who their parents are dating and they they're, they're like a brat or something. But no, she was so, she was super chill, so I wouldn't mind seeing her again. It made Joe happy, so it made me happy. 
And well, and as we were we were talking about the scene, you know, it was mainly done for comic effect and to give you know, the light moment before uh, you know the uh, the evil meta shows up. But I thought it also kind of brought out an interesting point, which is, you know, I think an element that ran through the entire episode, which is, you know, who's the real hero? So you have the public face of heroes, and you have people weighing in. Who's the bigger hero, Flash or Kid Flash? And you know, people having different opinions than that. But we also, in this episode in particular, I thought we had the less obvious forms of heroism. Uh, you know, like once Iris was affected, we had every member of the team weighing in to help her in some way. Even HR managed to come up with a good idea uh, that helped them, uh, you know, in the tracking down of the meta. Uh, we had Julian and Caitlin, you know, confronting the bad things they've done and wondering if they could still be heroes despite, you know, having been villains in the past. Uh, so this is more of a, a sort of, you know, uh, uh, a higher level metaphysical question. What do you think about this episode and Whitehead to say about the notion of heroism? Big question time. Let's start with Peter. Uh, well, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think that uh, sh- kind of shows that heroes are, aren't, like, born. They're just kind of, they're, uh, they're, they're made over a process of time. Kid Flash has tremendous potential. I think Barry says it at a certain point. And he's gonna be amazing, but he's not quite there yet. Uh, Caitlin comes through, saves the day. Didn't believe in herself. Who knows where she's gonna go now? But she has that bit of confidence. You know, maybe this is a step forward towards her heroism. Same with Julian. So I don't know. I'm gonna say that heroes—they're made, not created. TC, what did you think about the notion of heroism as they addressed it with the various characters in this episode? I thought it was interesting. It strongly applied to, I guess, uh, you know, with Wally's inexpertise and uh, even Caitlin and Julius, like this uncertainty of whether or not you're going to be able to get the job done if you're going to choose the right thing. But the fact that they did choose right, the fact that Wally did kind of, you know, take in mind his instructions and, and push himself and that Caitlin believed in herself the fact that they were able to choose that, it shows that they are heroes. I mean, they may not be perfect all of the time, but I don't think that's what makes a hero. It's choosing, making the right choice and doing what you think is right. Brittany, what do you think? I think so far everyone's um, answer is spot on. And I want, I want to add to everybody that I think it has to come out of you, you know, to be a hero. You don't need to have powers. You don't even need to be trained in hand-to-hand combat. You just need to know what to do in the situation to protect people. I mean, because that's what it is, right? It's when you do the right thing. It's when you stand up to the evil guy, even if you don't have powers and you could die and you're like, damn, you know? It's like every protagonist ever. It's like Ash from Pokemon. You know, he's always trying to save Pikachu and he has no powers, but it's like amazing. And it's the reason we cried in the first Pokemon movie. Spoiler alert. You know, it's just, it's stuff like that. And then it goes even deeper for characters like Julian and Caitlyn, you know, and we, and it's kind of sad to see because Caitlyn, I think, has always been so pure. She's always been so nice. She's a doctor. She's always trying to help. She's actually almost always pulled Barry out of some, sometimes of his darkness, like in the first season. And then she did that for Cisco this season. And now it's about everyone trying to help her. And she kind of does need it because we've already established that these powers when she uses them it's like they come with a darkness it's not just the power of coldness it's like a deeper metaphorical uh version of it that not only is her powers cold but it turns her cold and turns her into a killer so she she struggles with like am i really a hero can i really help people even though my powers are designed to hurt them 
But here in this episode, she she shows that she can help somebody with her powers, even if they try to turn her evil. And it showed that she could fight it, too. So it kind of made me think, like, well, maybe she's not going to be the one to portray the team and go with Savitar, even though that's her prophecy. But what if it's Cisco that's going to be evil now? Like, it, we're so afraid of Caitlyn turning that maybe it's not even going to be her. So, you know, it's just up to the person. And even if you fail, you just get you dust it off and come you know get right back up again just like wally did this episode and i like that they showed that wally he fucked up straight up he fucked up with with saving iris he was a bit too late but i'm glad they took it hard on him and now he's like you know what i need to step it up so just really good in this episode involving our heroes uh, and also just on a side note over the past couple of weeks we've talked about the possibility of uh, of caitlin uh, you know, uh, giving in to her, you know, powers, but becoming a good guy. And I think we've all agreed the only thing stopping her from being a positive ice-based character is the lack of a good character name. But when you were just talking about her, the purity of her character, I realized she could become known as the Driven Snow. Good one. And with good one. that long pause. Um, so, Charles, what did you think about <laughs> the notion of heroism? Thank you. Uh, that, that's my contribution to heroism, coming up with puns. Uh, Charles, what do you think about uh, the way they treated heroism in this episode? I really liked it. I think it kind of proved that no one is exempt. Uh, it's not impossible. Like, whether you're in uh, an ice princess who turns people into statues, whether you're a witch doctor by night and a CI by day, or whether you're just a wannabe scientist who doesn't have any good ideas, you, you are not immune to being a hero. And it's not impossible for you to step up and show that you can be one. Yeah, I, I thought it was, you know, a, a sort of, you know, interesting sort of theme that was running through the episode. And also the fact that, you know, in the end, they were only successful because of the contributions of the entire team. You know, it's called the show is called The Flash. But really, you saw the importance of every member of the team, even, you know, Julian, uh, you right. know, the newest member of the team, uh, you know, everyone uh, had a contribution to make. And without each of those contributions, uh, things would have turned out very differently. Um, returning to the episode. So neither Cisco nor HR got to name the meta this week. Uh, his name was Clive Yorkin, which is kind of meh. So let's just call him the meta. Uh, what did everyone think of this week's meta? TC, I think you weighed in earlier saying how much you liked him or thought he was terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I love this villain. It wasn't just like your standard cardboard, ooh, I'm gonna, you know, hit you with my gun or something. No, his his abilities were threatening, and I had no idea. I mean, going back to what Brittany said, I had no idea how they were gonna take him out because he couldn't touch him, and everything he touched just, like, rot. I just, and I also thought, like, his abilities were pretty creative. Like, the fact that they would rot. They weren't, like, acid or anything, but they would just rot. And it was kind of some a little bit bacteria-based. I just thought that was pretty clever. So, yeah, I love this villain. Hope that we get to see him again. Although theoretically he's neutralized, but who knows? Uh, Charles, what did you think of the Mecca? I really liked him also. I have to agree with TC and Brittany. Um, I thought, aside from maybe the trickster, he's my third favorite villain. Well, you can't leave it there. Who's your favorite? Oh, it's definitely the trickster. I meant, I mean, if uh, besides Trickster, so you said third favorite. So who are your your top two then? Oh, Captain Cold. Oh, of course. Obviously, I'd, I'd almost forgotten about Captain Cold. Uh, <laughs> well, and of course, another uh, villainous cold person. Um, Brittany, what did you think about the meta of the week? He was badass. First time I feel like I was really interested um, in how they were going to take him down and like how he was going to um, really 
really mess with the team because I felt like, well, actually, no, not how he was going to mess with the team, but how he was getting his victims. Like, I, w- I was just actually intrigued by the villain of the week. And it's weird because, I mean, sometimes the villains are really cool, but I, I'm more interested in, like, the main storyline, like, what's going on with Savitar. Like, I care more about that than the villain of the week, but this guy was just, he was just so cool. And I, actually, I'm really kind of sad that we didn't get a name for him so so i can look him up and see but i i enjoyed him i liked him he was fine um and i know some people were actually some of the fandom was was kind of confused on how he was able to kill people really quickly but for some reason uh iris has like plot armor and she didn't die but what i what i got from it was the longer he held you or was touching you the faster you were gonna die and from what i saw he just was able to like touch iris a little bit before Wally got to her and took her away. So she got like a slower version of like his powers. So that's why she was able to survive so long. The plot armor came and killed her Frost's abilities, but that's okay. Uh, I'll let that pass. Plot armor would be a great character to have on your team in any sort of bad situation. Um, and I think we see a lot of plot armor lurking around. It's an <laughs> invisible figure who manages to do things like that. So, uh, Are we talking about oh, Cisco talking now? About... Hmm? We're talking about Cisco now and all the plot armor. Yeah, oh, no. His plot armor is more, you know, plot Swiss Army knife. You know, new uh, <laughs> skill and ability as necessary. Uh, so anyway, we've all uh, we I haven't gotten to Peter yet, but before I do, I just wanted to mention to uh, everyone else in the group. So after uh, Peter weighs in on the meta, everyone come up with their name. Assuming he comes back, what name should we give to this meta? So be thinking about that. You've got a little homework uh, while Peter weighs in. What did you think of the meta and his powers? Yeah, I dug him a lot. Uh, Clive Yorkin, I hope we see him again, and I hope he doesn't just die like immediately. I, I sort of feel that like that's something that they would do to him. Like Savitar shows up, and this just to show how uh, cool and bad guy he is, he kills another bad guy. Um, I just wanted to see like why he hated these cops. Uh, we, we know why he hated the cops, but you know something a little bit more about why he's a criminal and uh, doesn't just kill randomly but i liked him a lot he, he looked cool uh the guy played him well okay so we're all in agreement that he was a good menacing uh meta that we'd like to see come back when he does uh what should be his code name charles i'm leaning toward decayer oh see i was just gonna call him decay but yeah that, that's good too uh tc uh johnny rotten <laughs> Johnny Rotten. That is oh, awesome. That is totally the name Cisco would have come up with. <laughs> Johnny Rotten. Uh, Brittany, can you follow that? I can't. I feel I was actually going to borrow an item name from a game I play. Um, the item's called Deathfire Touch. And I was like, I know there's no fire, but he, he has the touch of death. So I was thinking something <laughs> like that. But I think all of you guys came up with better ones. I'm not creative. So that was really well done, guys. Uh, Peter, did you have uh, one that you want to put up against Johnny Rotten, or are you just going to give up? Uh, bad Touch. Bad, oh, that's not bad either. Hmm. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, well, listeners should weigh in as to uh, when they want to see Johnny Rotten or Bad Touch come back. Yeah, I like both of those. We'll do a Here's poll on Twitter, poll. and you guys exactly, vote for Twitter your favorite. <laughs> yeah. the, the writers who are listening to the show... <laughs> We'll just name the character. Oh, they're, they're taking notes uh, all the time. It's, uh, it's shameful the way they copy off of us. Um, so, uh, speaking of the writers taking their cues from us, I think this is going to uh, lead into a Brittany question. Uh, what do you think about the growing dynamic 
between Julian and Caitlin. Uh, Brittany, you are our resident shipper. What do you think? Oh, that's so true. I am. I am Queen Shipper. That, that should be my name on here. You're not going to call me by Brittany anymore. But um, I saw it coming a mile away. I knew it. I don't feel like it came out of nowhere either. I think uh, their character arcs are quite similar. So it only made sense for them to get together. However, that doesn't mean I wanted it to happen. I kind of wanted Caitlyn to not have a love interest. You know, for like one season, for the love of God, please. And one that won't die, because I think as soon as he asked her out, uh, I think we knew he was marked for death. Um, whether it be because he's dating Caitlyn or because he will be the betrayer or um, there are some theories floating around that maybe he might sacrifice himself for the team or for Iris because um, he feels really guilty. I think we got a little peek of that in this episode of how guilty he's feeling about what happened when he was alchemy. And I think it's really interesting with what he said that, you know, it doesn't matter that I was mind controlled or that I wasn't myself. The point is I did it. You know, it was my body. You know, I'm the one that did this. So it was kind of dark, but I, I understood what he was trying to say. And I think that's why him and Caitlyn make sense. However, I thought a friendship would be better. But, um, you know, it is what it is. I don't mind it. It's okay. I'm not hardcore shipping it. Um, you know, that's just me. It's really hard to see Draco with somebody, in my opinion. Um, but it's fine. It's it's there. And if you guys love it, well, that's great. I don't really um, mind it either. But he's going to die. So in my opinion, it's like, don't give us something and then just take it away. Especially when we can predict it. So I'm not going to get too invested. But it's coming from a, a mutual understanding. So there you go. Charles, what do you think about the, uh, the growing... Uh... Uh, well, probably too early to call it a relationship, but uh, the growing understanding between Caitlyn and Julian. Oh, you know, I hope he enjoys it before she kills him, because that's what she's going to do. Well, yeah, that was, <laughs> whose theory was that last week? Of that she was probably going to be the one to kill him and then turn into Killer Frost? That was mine. Oh, okay, there you go. It, see, that's, like, that's going to happen, so there you go. The dramatic moment when they finally end on their maybe first or second date and they finally kiss for the first time, he's going to die. And I'm entirely ready for it because I, I'm still struggling to separate him from being Malfoy. Uh, TC, uh, leaving aside your uh, prediction for uh, Julian's uh, eminent demise, uh, what do you think about the way their relationship is developing? I actually have another prediction, though. That was my first. My second is that if he dies, that's her complete transformation to Killer Frost. Like, there's no going back after that. Because I, I like the idea that it started as, like, a friendship or an understanding. And even, like, in this episode where, you know, she pointed out, like, you were the one to help bring me back. You know, like, I, I could have lost it. So we kind of help each other out. And that's when I was like, really? Like, that's interesting. Perhaps maybe, <laughs> you know, just kind of like, well... If something, well, of course he's going to die. I mean, that's that's for certain. But when he does die, like, will that be the thing that she's like, okay, you know what? I lost my fiance. I lost Jay. This is it. I'm done. You know? Yeah, I agree. I think this will, like, be, like, the, um, the tipping point for her. Not the thing that sets her off because he died, but, like, on a pile of everything that's been bad. And then this happens. She's going to be like, nope. Nope. But if she's the one that kills him, I don't even know what to say about that. But if he dies under other circumstances and then she goes, ah, well, that's fine. 
too. So you're saying someone with ice powers might, I don't know, choose to live in an ice palace all by herself, away from everyone else? Hmm. Oh. Don't, don't, don't. Don't write that it. down. That's a good but, idea. That's right a great now. idea. If we could have a couple of catchy <laughs> songs for it. Hey, you guys, oh just, let it, just let it go. Just Thank let you. it go. <laughs> Thank you for that. God, I'm kicking myself for not having picked up on that one. Uh, Peter, what do you think about uh, Julian and Caitlin? Uh, I'm going to quote Brittany, actually, on this one. If you love it, that's great. Uh, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm a person that kind of wishes, yeah, we had a... Uh, season without Caitlyn Snow falling in love with somebody. But I don't know. It, it could be good. I'm one Killer Frost centric episode away mm-hmm. from from being a big fan of this, I guess. Yeah, and it does give us, you know, the potential that, you know, um, that as, as you guys have said, you know, that could be what sets her off. Uh, you know, getting close to someone, uh, having him taken away and, uh, you know, her going all Killer Frost or, as we said before, the driven snow. There's no one saying she couldn't, you know, uh, perhaps manifest these powers, you know, and and still be a good guy. Although it's seeming. Did y'all know? Sorry, uh, that she's on the Justice League now in the comics. Oh well, there you go. Really? But yeah. still under the name Killer Frost, right? They haven't changed her name. Oh no, no, yeah, she's she's like you know a reformed villain and stuff. Uh, yeah, but Killer Frost is just a badass name, so she just kept that. That's true, but I don't know. It is a cool name, but at the same time, I'm like, she's like. They're gonna be like, "Who are you?" I'm like, "I'm Killer Frost," and they're gonna be like, "What?" Like, <laughs> what? You <laughs> know? Hawkman kind of <laughs> beats people with a mace. I'll just say that. Killer Mistress. Wait, no, I'm trying to get rid of Killer Mistress Snow. Wait, that sounds like Driven Snow. Very that sound- that sounds. That like sounds like a Driven name. Snow. A Mistress. Hmm. And it's time to move on. And let's move on. <laughs> uh, we, when we're losing the panel members, we're certainly losing listeners. Uh, we'll so now, Twitter poll. <laughs> uh, now that Joe knows about Iris's pending death, he has a, a moment with Barry at the end that reminded us all, as you know, we were saying, you know, had the uh, writers forgotten about uh, Savitar's prophecies, this reminded us that, yeah, they're still in play. Uh, and uh, what uh, Joe was saying about, uh, you know, sacrifices and everything like that. I don't know. When I was listening to it, I was thinking that, you know, whoever on the panel... I uh, was saying that it's going to be Joe who dies in place of Iris. It was making me think that uh, that prophecy seemed a lot stronger right now. Uh, you know, fulfilling Savitar's prophecy that one will die. Uh, how are you guys feeling about the future in general after this episode? Charles? I can't say I'm hopeful, but I'm excited. I, I don't know what the season finale is going to bring this season. It's very up in the air with all the prophecies and all the foretelling about who might die, who might not die. And it's really giving, giving me a lot of anticipation to see how they capitalize on it. Uh, Peter, what do you think about the future? Two words, gorilla city. We're, <laughs> we're getting to that. We're getting to that. Let's sorry. Uh, it's, a, it's all I'm thinking yeah. about right now. Uh, oh, I'm not going to fail to mention gorilla city. Don't you worry about that. Uh, uh, but what do you think about uh, the future of the show beyond the next two episodes? You know, it can kind of go either way at this point, I feel. Um, I really hope they keep in this sort of positive direction that the show's been going in and pull some good uh, Flash superheroics with, like, uh, great drama. But overall, optimistic. Um, but it could definitely go the either way. And it could be Flashpoint. Uh, TC, what are you uh, expecting or fearing for the future? 
I agree with Peter very strongly. This is an arrow. I don't need my Flash to always kind of be, you know, I guess be drawn into the dark or, or this kind of like low beat where everyone's kind of bummed out. Like, I go to this show because it's kind of, you know, it's the source of light, you know, and... I, I hope they, they do continue the trend of giving a little bit more of that optimism because that's what I look for in the show. You know, I don't need to go over to Star City. I'm happy it's Central City. And Brittany, what are you thinking about the future? I think it looks pretty fucking bleak if if I'm going to be blunt here. I mean, I think we're in for another couple of fun episodes. I mean, we got we got the Gorilla Grodd coming in uh, soon within the next couple of episodes or like very next episode. Um but I feel like once we once we hit the last arc of this season, which is like the last maybe three episodes, it's gonna get crazy. And I and we learned about this uh, prophecy last year in the mid season finale. We're already like three episodes away since that, and I still can't tell you if my prediction stands the same or if it's changed because everyone has the ability to fit one of those um, three options that we have. So. I still stick with that. I don't think Iris is going to die. I think that's my number one thing. So I'm just... I, I'm i wondering what the writers are going to do here. I mean, I think we all know Julian's going to die. But was Savitar's prophecy... Specifically when with talking about someone will fall. And, you know, we're kind of assuming it means if someone dies. Is that really for Iris? Or is it another death that we don't know about? And... And Barry just happened to go to the future and see Iris die. So we're assuming Iris's death is one of those prophecies. So what if we're getting like two deaths? Like one is Julian and then one is Iris or Joe. You know, so a lot of possibilities. And then I, I don't know. It's just it's a lot to think about. And I'm sad that I, I don't have any more answers or predictions. <laughs> the show's doing a good job. I'm really excited. I like a show that can make me think. So it's, it's going to be some fun. We got the musical episode coming too, so it's going to be a lot of fun, but I think that there's a reason for that. They need to give us some fun because they're going to break our hearts. Well, as it seems I'm incapable of stopping uh, panelists from mentioning uh, Gorilla Garage and Gorilla City, let's <laughs> talk about uh, what's coming up uh, next week. Uh, you know, we did have Jesse Quick popping in to mention Garage is Loose, and we know there is a Gorilla City on Earth too, so let's take it around the horn. What's everyone looking forward to for next week? Peter, let's start with you. Uh, two words. Gorilla City? Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah, that's, that's going to be pretty cool to see what they do with that. We live in a world where we get to see Gorilla City on our uh, television screens for free. If, you know, that's, <laughs> that's nuts. And that's really cool. And uh, I think they can have a lot of fun with it. You know, they uh, Earth 2 Wells's is. Uh, it's a whole... They can really just go wild with it. Uh, Might be and fun I to hope see if do. HR and Harry meet face-to-face. Oh, yeah. Man. Tom Cavanaugh times two. That's, that's going to be a good time. Uh, oh. you, you mentioned the idea of, uh, you know, uh, the fact that we can see Gorilla City on our, uh, you know, TV screens for free is nuts. Would you go for, so far as to say it's bananas? And moving along to Brittany. Brittany, what are you looking forward uh, to Gorilla City and Gorilla Grodd next I, week? If, if Look, only Jeffrey we, can't be here. Someone has to do the dad puns. If only we had video chat here, you guys would have seen my face. Like if I was in the office and they zoomed in on my face when you said that. Oh my God. 
Um, I'm excited. I don't know what to expect. I mean, I, I know a little bit about Gorilla Grodd from what we've seen in the television. So I just want to be, I just want to go in raw. Yes, that was sexual, but yeah, and I meant it because whatever, it's Flash and they do that. But I think I'm looking forward to seeing um, Earth 2 Wells and HR Wells interact again. But I'm really excited to see Earth 2 Wells because I've missed him. I miss him so much. It's insane. Um, and I can't wait to see Julian go with them because I'm pretty sure they're going to take him with him. Take them, take him with them because I know Joe's not going to go. Um, so it's just going to see, it's going to be fun to see our crew get in there and we're going to Earth 2. Bring it on. I'm excited. We saw a little glimpse of what that looks like last season. So I, I'm excited to have some fun. I'm excited to go on an adventure even though monkeys and apes creep me out and which is why i don't watch any of the planet of the apes movies uh tc what are you looking forward to um i agree with britney monkeys do freak me out especially their yeah. little hands their little yeah. hands but uh i'm like i'm really excited i'm stoked just like britney said i cannot wait to see uh earth two wells i missed him every time i look at this hr i always think where's my earth two wells I does he even so play the drums <laughs> Does he even play the drums? That's like one of my questions too. Yeah, that that yeah, and I you know I'm also hoping that they get the CGI. I mean I know they they're working with a little bit of a budget and they did decent with Grodd. I'm just hoping it doesn't look like so much on a TV budget. Like I want them to do something with it. Um and yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Definitely, I want to see Julian's response too because he's usually the straight man. Julian and Harrison Wells like two or two in the same room. That's gonna blow my mind. Charles, what are you looking forward to? Um, I'm really looking forward to how Jesse, Barry, and Wally take down Grodd if they can. I I'm very interested in how they're gonna run that fight because. The fight scenes in Arrow, Flash, and Legends have just been getting better and better with every episode. So I'm very interested to see how hard they worked on it. It's also kind of interesting to think, you know, uh, you know, as Peter was saying, the idea that we get to see Gorilla City, you know, for free on our televisions. You know, if you think back a year to when they were doing their first ever crossover, you know, Escape to Earth 2 or, you know, the trip to Earth 2 and, and how we all react to that. Oh, my God, they're on Earth 2. It's uh, all these things. And it's like now it's like eh, it's kind of like, oh, they're just jumping, jumping over to another Earth. We've gotten so blase. I fear that we will, uh, <laughs> you know, be blase about giant talking gorillas soon as well. And on that note, join us next time for a brand new installment of the Central City Chronicle. Once again, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for the Central City Chronicle and subscribe. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Central City Chronicle. Follow us on Tumblr. The Central City Chronicle.tumblr.com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting GoFundMe dot com slash poppy chula radio are you interested in joining the poppy chula radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor email talent at poppy chula radio dot com
Thanks, announcer. Co-hosts, wish the listeners a good night. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of the Central City Chronicle every Thursday via iTunes and the Poppy Chulo Radio Archives. Good night.